Blog Talk Radio.
Hello? I'm not for sure what's going on with that. my husband's connection. I do apologize. I'm going to try and let him use my phone possibly. It's his first time trying to do this by himself, so I'm trying to help him. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. So if you would just please bear with us. We will play another song and um, go ahead and play the Warrior is a Child song, the other Warrior is a Child song. And from there we will come back. Look 
Welcome to Reaching Out Radio International. This is Evangelist Dustin Fields. Sorry for our technical difficulty. I'm still new at being a host on my wife's blog talk, and we had some technical difficulties in the beginning of the broadcast, but hopefully we have that worked out now. In our second week of the new program, Warrior is a Child, hosted by me, Evangelist Dustin Fields. And I would like to begin the program this evening with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you first and foremost for this day. Thank you for the life that you give us. We thank you for all the blessings you have given us and all the grace and mercy. We ask that you go forth in front of us, dear Lord. Let this not be of me, dear Heavenly Father, but let your spirit flow through me to do this program, dear Lord. And we thank you for the ones that are online now listening, the ones that come back on on demand. And we thank you for letting Reaching Out Radio go out and be a light in this dark world, dear Heavenly Father. We just pray that any attacks of the enemy right now, dear Heavenly Father, are held off. Put up a hedge of protection around us, dear Lord, for I know some battles that my brothers and sisters are going through and my wife and I have been going through throughout this life, dear Heavenly Father, and we just ask for your wisdom and your grace for us to make it through, dear Lord, to come out on the other side, a more mature child of yours. This week, we're going to start off with basic training. I am not a military guy, but I do believe that Warrior is a Child is a great program for us to learn all the way from the beginning and to grow together in this walk with Christ. So if we start at the beginning, we're going to start with basic training. And what that means to me is it's a fresh new start. Whenever you become a new creation in Christ, you are a babe in Christ, as they say. It doesn't matter what age you are, what life experiences that you have. Whenever you first introduce yourself to Christ and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation, a fresh babe. And we really need to look into this as far as getting the concept of what that really means. And for me personally, it was everything that I thought I know and everything that I've learned before is going to be radically changed because you're not going to look at your life anymore through your own eyes or through your your earthly eyes. But you should start looking at things in, in the spiritual realm and through Christ's love and through his eyes. So the BASIC has an acronym that I have found that I like. I did not come up with this. But you take down the letters of BASIC and you can write out becoming a soldier in Christ. To become something, you have to start at the beginning. 
And in the beginning, we're going to start with reading in our Bibles, James chapter 1. And as I get that in my word and get it ready, I will give you guys a moment to also get your Bibles open if you want to follow on your phone. I do love to read out of the King James Version or the New King James Version. And I do believe this time I'm going to use the reference of the New King James. And I am going to be reading the, the full chapter, and then we will be going over the chapter of what I think we should take from this. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all the liberty and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now I'm going to stop for a moment here. And the reason I feel like the Lord led me in this is something that is really personal to me is whenever you become a babe in Christ, whenever you first give your heart to the Lord, you're not 100% sure where you're going to go and how you're going to follow the Lord. And a lot of people that are introduced to Christ, unlike Brother Paul in the Bible that had his own interaction with Christ with no one else there besides him and the Lord, usually we're you know, our hearts start softening and we're searching and we're looking and we either look on YouTube and start watching sermons or a friend that's been asking us to go to church, we finally give in and we start going to church and the pastor that's there gave an excellent word and a great altar call and we feel led to be um, out of our pews and up to the altar and to give our lives, and in our earthly mind, we look at those people, and we look at the pastors and the people that are teaching the Word of God as our focal point, and we think we're going to get all our wisdom and all our answers from this person, but even as myself or any other minister that's out there, they are human as well. They have been where we are at at that moment they had to be saved as well and even though they may have been walking with the lord for a long time or even a short time and the lord has given them the wisdom to understand the word 
and we feel comfortable in listening to them and, and we feel in our spirit that they're teaching right, they're still not our focal point. Our focal point is Jesus Christ and the Lord and God. So in James, this verse really speaks loudly of verse 5, chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, which all of we all of us do as babes in Christ, let him or ourselves ask of God, who gives to us liberty and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I really think that is our starting point, is for people to really get the grasp of our focal point is the cross and Jesus, not the people that have been there. And I don't want people to focus on me as well. I don't want to be in the spotlight. It's good to listen to other pastors, and it's good to study the word with them if they're doing a a study and they say, hey, I've been reading this and this is what I get out of it. It's not for us just to sit there and take what they're feeding us, but to double check, read your word yourself and to grow in the wisdom. If you don't understand the Bible going into it, you're not alone. A lot of us started out struggling understanding the Bible. The only way that we can get the wisdom and the revelations and the understanding of the Word of God is to grow in our relationship with Him and to ask Him for that revelation and to ask Him for the wisdom to let our spiritual eyes be open onto what He wants to give to us. Continuing on in verse 9, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltations, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with the burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls, and its beauty appears perish. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuit. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to him, to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God does not tempt by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth. To me, these verses here are very important. As a new believer, there is a war going on for our souls and our spirit between God and the devil. God has given us the free will to choose which path we want to walk. And here it's telling you that God is not going to tempt you, okay? He's not evil. And that he himself will not tempt anyone. 
But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, that whenever you become a new babe in Christ, you will be attacked. And what I mean by that is whenever you were living in the world, you were owned, you were in slavery, you were in bondage by the devil, by the evil one. So whenever you give your heart to the Lord, that is going to upset the devil because he is losing you to his opposition and to the person he is at war with, that he isn't really worried about you He's more worried about hurting God and trying to steal your soul and your spirit away from God. So it tells us here that we are going to fall into battles, if you would. And this is why we are warriors as a child. We have to be ready to be in battle. And this is our basic training for that. Whenever we go into a battle, we have to be ready. Now, in verse 14, and it tells us that each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. We all have eyes. We all have ears. In this world today, with social media and even before now, you go out in life and you live and you see things. And that's where your yourself is going to be drawn by things of this world. Now, take it for what it is right now. Being a new babe in Christ, you if you have already lived some of your life and had other experiences, like for me, I was addicted to drugs whenever I met Christ. You have those battles and those demons already within you. You have already been in your own desires and been enticed. And the devil knows you as well as God knows you. So they may even know you better than you know yourself. So the devil is going to know what to use to entice you, to draw you out, so to speak, for me, putting a piece of cheesecake in front of me. He knows what you like and what's going to turn your head. And this is why we have to be battle ready, because whenever you are tempted and you give into those desires and you are enticed, your desires conceive sin. Once you give in and make the choice to give in, you've went from being tempted to sinning. And whenever you sin and it becomes fully grown, brings death. To me, it could be physical, but I really believe the Lord and James here speaking is telling us the death that comes is like in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And this death that they're speaking of is your spiritual death. You just had a spiritual awakening, a spiritual birth. You just gave your heart to Christ. And so in this, you are alive. You have breath. You have a new heartbeat. And the devil's going to do everything he do, can to destroy that and to kill that because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so if he can get you with little things to be tempted and sin, the more that you sin, the more that you fall away from the closeness to God and your life 
your living water and you become spiritually dead again, you stop reading your word, you stop going to church, you stop trying to have that relationship with Christ. And a lot of people feel comfortable in their livelihood because they say, you know what, I gave my life to Christ. I know he's in my heart, but I don't really have to do anything because he lives there now. But as it says, anything that has light cannot become stagnant. It has to flow. It has to, it's got to be nourished and taken care of. If you've ever seen a lake that doesn't have an outlet and it's stagnant, it ends up growing moss. Yes, there's a lake there and there's water, but it's murky and it's dirty and it's full of moss and it's no good. So this is what they're speaking about. Continue on in verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brother. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Verse 19, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not just hearers only deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgotful hearer, but a doer of the work, this is one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and doers and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. This seems like a lot to take in for new believers, but I'm going to break it down here just a little bit. And what this is saying is whenever he's talking about being a doer of the word, that does not mean to go out and to get into action and become the next big thing out there that all you're doing is this and that, and you're saying you're working for the Lord, and you overfill your plate because whenever you overfill your plate, you lose focus on something else, which is the importance of your relationship with Christ. Doers of the word 
as it says there, to be slow to speak and swift to hear and slow to wrath. Okay, those are those are doers because to me, if you listen and you don't talk a lot and you don't get angry at yourself or others, you're a person that is willing to learn, a person that is open to take in new ideas of the way you should be the new the new creature that you are supposed to be. And in being this doer, in all honesty, whenever you are the things that I'm whenever you are growing your relationship with Christ, sorry, you are going to be a doer of a word without even trying. Whenever you read your Bible, whenever you pray, whenever you fast, and you just grow your relationship with the Lord, all the things that you're supposed to be doing is going to fall into place. It will come naturally to you. And if you're just one of the people that listen to sermons and have everybody else do the work for you and you get that spiritual feeling on Sunday, but it's easily gone by Sunday night, you may just be a hearer of the word, like the man observing his natural face in the mirror. Whenever you walk away, you forget what you look like. And that's a hard place to be. You have to really look inside yourself and take some accountants to who you are. And if God is convicting you to be a doer of the word instead of just a hearer, take that with thankfulness. Because if God wasn't trying to get your attention and God wasn't trying to correct you, he would have already given up on you. And so it's good that the Lord is tugging at your heart. Conviction is a very good thing to have because it keeps you in check of what God's will is and not just your own. And it's easily to follow into your own regiment or your own lifestyle that you think fits for you because, like it said here, do not lie to yourself. You know, you don't want to deceive your own heart. But you want to be open to what the Lord is bringing into your life. Now, with the basics here, what I want to touch base on this week, I believe we should know how to be battle ready. And in our basic training, the only way that you can be battle ready is to practice mock battles, I guess you would say. Stand what you're going to be up against. Because the Word of God tells us that it's not flesh and blood that we're battling, but the powers of darkness and wickedness. And we have to see things in a different light, that our physical being is not going to be in these battles. Not saying that this world is not in a place to where at one point your body may be in danger or you may have to defend your body. But what I'm saying is our battles are not to be fought on actual land or with our actual bodies. These are spiritual bodies, okay? And these are 
how battles are won is whenever you're by yourself and you're spending time with God. And the best teacher to learn from is Jesus Christ. These are things that I believe God has shown me that I'm sharing with you. But all these teachings have come from the Word of God. And if we go to Matthew 4, i give you a moment to give to Matthew 4, and I will paraphrase a little bit because it's a longer chapter. And I'll give you the breakdown of chapter 4. And in reading chapter 4 of Matthew, Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. He is going to battle. And before he went into battle, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, a lot of people nowadays say, you know, fasting, you can't do it for so many days and so many nights now. I believe you could, just like you can do anything, if you practice at it and understand what fasting really is. And we'll get deeper into understanding those things later, but I'm just doing the basics tonight. So whenever he went to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, the devil came to tempt him, and he told the Son of God, you haven't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights. His first attack was his physical body, his flesh, which is, he said, make a stone into bread because you're the Son of God and you can do anything. But Jesus answered him with the wisdom of the Lord of God, saying, with Scripture, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this hits me really strongly, for our flesh needs food to be nourished and to grow and to sustain itself as we live here on earth. But Jesus is telling us, our master, our shepherd, our leader, is telling us that we shall not live by our physical food alone but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, understanding each person has their own personal relationship with Christ and with God, but the words that he's speaking of here is the words of the Bible, the inspiration of God through man to give us instructions here, to give us the Holy Spirit written book of his word okay and a lot of people that don't know christ for a long period of time don't know that jesus didn't start out at 33 years old and say you know what i'm going to go fast and see where this takes me i'm going to start a ministry that that wasn't what he did he started from a babe and coming up in his time in his place which they had different tribes and they had kind of what we have now as far as churches, and they had spiritual leaders, and they had prophets, and they had the Bible of the Old Testament. And these guys didn't have television back then. They didn't have Facebook, and they didn't have electronics like we do now. They did have 
the work that they had to do and the household that they had to take care of and their livestock that they took care of. They had things to do. But they also always integrated the word of God. We know from a story in the Bible that at 12 he was left and he left himself in the temple for three days. Um, speaking with the Pharisees of that time and the preachers of that time and, and learning all he could. He fed off of the word of God since he was young. And that's where he can get this from. And there is a cross-reference for that, that, that this is the living word. This is the bread of life, is the word of God. And so the devil knew that he couldn't attack his flesh. Even though his flesh was weak, his spirit was made strong through the word of God. So he took him to the pinnacle of a temple. And he said, if you throw yourself off this temple, he shall give angels charge concerning me. And in their hands, they shall bear up the up. At any time, I should dash my foot against the stone. Now, a lot of people being new in Christ wouldn't know that the devil just quoted scripture. Come on now. How deep is this that the devil, the enemy, the one that is trying to steal your soul to go to hell and keep you away from God's grace and mercy is using the words of God against the Son of God? This is really deep because in battle, the smart thing to know, to do is to know your enemy, to study your enemy, to know their playbook so that you know what they're going to do before they do it so you can have countermeasures or that you can foil their plans against you. The devil is laying out his game book in front of us, and a lot of people don't even look at it. And what he's doing here is telling us that he knows our playbooks. He knows the word of God. He can be very, very clever in trying to deceive you and to tempt you. So you have to be battle ready. And so whenever he does this, he uses the word of God towards Jesus. And Jesus says to him, thou shalt not tempt thy Lord, thy God. And what he is doing here is saying, even though you know scripture, do not try to deceive me with false scriptures or out of context scriptures because I know my word too. And that's why we need to read our word every single day is so that we have the wisdom of God that he gives us and the knowledge of his word so that we shall not be deceived by even those that are speaking the word of God. Come on now. So in this, which is the pride of life, he's telling him there is a huge mass of this going around that we need to pray for. But he's basically telling Jesus that you can cast your life, that you can try to take your own life, and it's okay with God because he's going to send his angels concerning them. He's not going to let you hurt yourself or he'll forgive you. And Jesus is telling him, that's not true. You should not tempt your God. And 
this is the pride of life that we have is we're so proud and we think we know it all and we think that we are our own God sometimes that, you know, you have to have humility and humbleness to understand that you have no power besides the power that the Lord has given you grace and mercy to have to overcome the things in this world. That it's not by our strength, but by the will of God and his strength and his love. So he lost not only on his flesh, but he lost on his his body of his being proud that he can do anything. So he attacks one more thing, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. He's not showing him small things or as we would say now, little ghettos. He's showing him the penthouses. He's showing him the mansions. He's showing him the gold, the glitz, and the glamour. He's showing them all in their glory. And he says, I can give you all these things if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil left him, and angels came and ministered to Christ. And what this is, is what he was trying to do was entice his eyes, his earthly eyes and his body to say, you know what, you can sit and waller in all this wealth and all this glory, but all you got to do is basically not believe in your God. To worship me instead, because I am giving you all these gifts. And all of this earth. But Jesus knew none of it was his anyways to give. So the reason I'm reading this is because these are going to be the the three things. This is the devil's playbook. Let's lay it all out there for everyone to see. You want to be battle ready, you need to know your enemy. And this is your enemy right here in a nutshell. Okay, in first John chapter 2 and verse 16. I thought I had this scripture pulled up. Give me one second. It will not take me long. But in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. If you want to look it up and read it with me. It says, for all that is in this world. And what is this world? The devil is said to be in this world, roaming it back and forth, to and fro, like a lion, looking for someone to devour. Okay? So it is telling us that for all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of this world. This verse here with chapter 4 in Matthew as well, these two verses coincide to tell us the devil's playbook, which is, he is going to entice you with one of these three things. If you can think of anything in the world, 
anything that is underneath the sun is in Ecclesiastic. There is nothing new underneath the sun. It is all here. Even if you just lived in one house your whole entire life in one town and never went anywhere, even if you don't look for it, it is all here still. And nothing is new. It is all here. And all he uses is your flesh, your desires of your body, the lust of your eyes. Your brain is a very wonderful thing, and it's such an amazing thing that God has created on being so in-depth with so many things in there. I'm not a, a brain person per se, but you have connections in your brain, your nerve endings, and thousands upon thousands of things in your mind as subconsciously feeding into your brain to create your memory of things that you see. Your eyes see everything, but that processes through your brain, and it sends you certain feelings and sensations in your brain when you see things. So you see that pretty necklace in the in the window, or you see that shiny, fancy new car, your eyes are first going to tell your brain either I like it or I don't like it. And if your brain likes it, he tries to push that thought a little bit further down into your heart. And if you put that thought into your heart and you have to have it and you like it, you have just fallen into the lust of the, lust of the eyes. You have fallen in love with it in your eyes, and now it belongs in your heart. But what is supposed to be in your heart? Nothing but the love of Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior, and not to have idols in there. And the pride of life, pride has a, a, a lot of different ways that it can mean. But I believe in this scenario, the pride of life is whenever someone stands and says, look what I've done. I did this on my own. It is only by my power I have accomplished this. This is the money that's in my bank right now is because I worked so hard for it or I made smart decisions in the market to become a millionaire. If you believe that you did all those things on your own, you're foolish and you're full of pride because every Thing that we have and all the wisdom that we have if you were blessed to become a doctor or if you're just a guy that works at a factory job 40 hours a week and it doesn't take much thought God gave you those abilities and those talents to either be doing great things or even doing what people would consider the small things but it's the small things matter as well because God created it so to be humbled and to be satisfied where you're at in life and not to have that pride of, look, I can push past this and past myself and I did all this on my own and I didn't need anybody. It's a very dangerous place to be because it's the work of the enemy. And so if we know his playbook, okay, and whenever you have a playbook, Most people use countermeasures. Did the word of God give us countermeasures? We understand in his word that he laid out the devil's plan for us to deceive us with these three sinful natures under any sin, these 
Any sin in the world can fall under these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And why I say that and why it's important in chapter 4 of Matthew is these are the only things that the Lord let him tempt him with. Okay? He knows that this is all the devil has is just these three plays. But God gave us countermeasures. The Lord gave us countermeasures towards this enemy's playbook. And we're going to learn what those are here in the basic training. And in basic training, we go to our word, okay? Our basic training is the word of God. Any answers that you need from the Lord, you're going to find in your word of God. This is going to be your Bible, okay? The only thing that you need in this life is the word of God. All the extra things that we have in this world and the blessings that God has given us grace and mercy with, all we need is his word. So in Philippians 4, 6, he tells us the answer to our troubles of our enemy. And in Philippians 4, 6, it says, be careful, or some other translations say, do not be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And I picked this scripture here because it's going to tell us what we need to do and with what attitude we need to do it with, which is very important. Now, not only with prayer and supplication, but if we look back in Matthew 4, how did he begin his battle? He began by fasting. And he was prepared with the word. So reading your word and fasting, being a regular person who prays with supplications, with thanksgiving, we will receive and our request, we let our request be known to God. So, talking to God is going to be your first action. And First James, as it said, be slow to speak. Be quick to listen and be slow to rap. And what I mean by slow to speak is don't come up with your own answer. Let your request be known to God. Let him know, which he already knows your heart, that he wants that relationship with you. He wants you to speak with him. He wants you to rely on him. And that's how you build your relationship. You speak to God and you tell him, hey, this is going on, and I feel like I'm being attacked in this area. And you know what? I just sat here and thought about it, and I'm pretty sure I can do this or do that. That's that's actually what you're not supposed to do. That's what it's talking about, slow to speak. Do not talk yourself into your own answers, but to be quiet and to be still and listen through your fasting and your prayer and your reading of the word to what God will lead you in on how to fight your battles. So whenever you're letting know this, 
And a lot of people may be asking now, well, how often do I fast? How often do I read my Bible? How often do I pray? In all honesty, in basic training, this is going to work if you put it into practice. And what I mean by that is I can't tell you to quit your day job and to pray for 12 hours a day and fast for four weeks at a time. That's not what I'm saying. But whenever you start something new, like even if you're starting to get fit and you haven't been fit in a while, and or if you're a younger generation as far as starting out fresh, you start light and you start small. You don't try to go up to the heaviest weight and just pull it up or push it off. You have to build up to your strength, and your strength comes from the Lord. So I would say to pray about it and let the Lord lead you in it. Start having at least once a day, if not in the morning and at night, having a prayer session to let your requests be known to God. To go throughout the day after speaking to God with thanksgiving in your heart. And because he is the one that gives us all the grace and mercy. Fasting, you can start off small. You can do hourly fasting. You can do intermittent fasting, which is you only fast part of the day. Um, I would definitely look up um, different ways, not different ways, but look up and study what fasting really is of giving something up such as food and different things. You can drink, like from what I understand, you can drink water while you're fasting because in the word of God, whenever Matthew 4, he was fasting, he said that you must be hungry. It doesn't say that God or Jesus didn't drink water. He just abstained from food. That's a whole nother lesson, but these are the basics. These are what we start with. Feeding whenever you're fasting, feeding on your word is a good way to start. Getting into your word any which way that you can, even asking God, pray to God and ask him where he wants you to start. And if you don't understand it, start off with small. Some of these chapters are longer or some of the books are longer. Start off small and get your understanding. Proverbs is a wonderful place to start. There's 31 chapters, a chapter a day for the month, most months. I know there are some months with 30 and one month with 28 days. But you can start off small. Do lightweight. Start doing five push-ups a day, as you would say. And then you build up over time within a week's time or two, and you start doing 10 push-ups. You start reading two chapters, okay? And your body gets stronger. Your mind gets stronger. Your spirit gets stronger. Instead of listening to some of the music that you listen to, start listening to Christian-based music. Build your spirit up throughout the week, not just on Sunday or the night that you listen into your radio broadcast or you watch the minister on TV. Do it more than once a week, and that's how you're going to get stronger. These are the battles that are to come. Some of them are going to be rough. Some of them are going to test your faith. That's what they're designed for. This is what the devil is trying to do. 
as you being babes in Christ or even mature spiritual people in Christ, you're going to have these battles. It don't matter if you're a day old in Christ or you're a hundred years old in Christ and you've lived with Christ every single day of your life. These battles are going to come and the only way that you can be ready is if you practice for them and you know how to be ready. So start building your strength up and start having that understanding of whenever the enemy does come and that break in your life that just seems to crush you down and you don't understand why it's happening or you can't see or fathom God anywhere in it. Those are the moments where you need to cling to your playbook, to your understanding of how to fight the battle with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, fasting, and reading your word. And I think next week we're going to touch base on the armor of God because that is very important to understand too. The armor of God is not something that you can put on physically. These are things that you have to learn to put on in your spiritual realm. And having to understand that all these battles are spiritual, even though it may touch your life as far as a loved one or your bills, or it may seem like it's affecting you here in this physical world, that they are all spiritual battles. They're the temptation of that the devil brings in front of you is all going to start in in you and in your spirituality. And this is what he's going to attack is as you grow closer to Christ, he's going to want to pull you harder and further away from Christ. Like I'm stepping out in faith right now. This is my second week and my wife and I will talk about it later. But I'm going to mention it. The beginning of this program, this is only the second program that the Lord, that I've I've started on and the Lord put it on my heart to start this program and my wife is so happy and so proud because she's been doing this ministry work online for seven years and we start the program and there's dead air my my the song that we picked played and I was ready to start out and welcome and we had dead air for a few minutes and those are the type of attacks that we have that you have to watch for because easily we could have gotten angry or, you know, started, hey, what's going on? This isn't right. And, you know, even the thought in my mind was like, you know what, I'm just going to press in episode because I'm embarrassed and I'm I'm already nervous and I'm overwhelmed because I'm scared. And the Lord was, you have to push past that. The Lord has already played out the plans for your life. It's your choice to stop pressing the end episode and start walking by faith and walking in what Christ is doing in your life. And find a concordance and or you may have one in your own Bible. If you have a Bible, start studying, not just reading, but really dig in, chew down to the bone as they say. Really get in there and try to study what you want to know from God because whenever you request it, 
and you ask God for wisdom, like it says in James, he will give it to you. He's the only one that can give it to you. The book that is the Bible is so very special. There is billions of people on this earth. And to comparison of how many people are on this earth, there is a small amount of people that truly get the understanding of the word that God has blessed to have the wisdom and the spiritual maturity to understand what his word is. And it's such a blessing to have that. And I want to go to, I know I had it up here. I might have taken that one off. But I want people to know that in the, in this program, this is basics. And you do the acronym for BASIC, becoming a soldier in Christ. Okay, we are in training. These are the babes in Christ. And even as a person that's been saved, like myself, I've been saved for 17 years. My wife has been saved since her younger years as well. And people that are out there that have been saved for 30, 40, 50 years, it's always good to know the basics because that's your foundation. And Jesus tells us to build a solid foundation. Just like I said before, don't take my word for it. Get in your word. Strengthen your relationship with Christ. Ask God, like he tells us in James, to have wisdom. We each can have our own wisdom. You don't have to rely on me. You don't have to rely on the big name uh, preachers that are on TV or rely on just your pastor. Those those people are good to have. People are good to listen to, to, to read along in the Bible and to understand maybe some things that you may not get through other people. God can give us wisdom, but you have to work at it yourself too because whenever that person goes away, Where's your foundation? If you don't build your own foundation, you don't build your own core. Whenever the people that you're leaning on and their core and their foundation and they end up being moved or God takes them away from you that you can't lean on them anymore, where are you going to fall? Or are you going to be able to stand on your own as a warrior in Christ? And with this, I hope that I've helped someone get a little bit of a deeper understanding of the battle plan that we're in here and and the basics of what we need to do starting out is just grow little by little every day, giving more of yourself away and letting Christ in your heart to where he can weed out the things of this world that have already been in us and the things that tried to attack us of this world. And believe me, brothers and sisters, if we think today is bad and we think we're going through battles today, we're not promised tomorrow, but if tomorrow does come, the enemy is going to come to kill, steal, and destroy. So we need to be equipped with the armor and be prepared 
to the battle that we know is here. We can't turn a blind eye and say, you know what, I sit at home and I go to work and I have my own relationship with God and I'm safe in my bubble. Because I do believe there's a story in the Word of God that a king gave three people talents. And he, he called them back after giving them those talents and asked them, what did you do with your talents? Burying your talent for the Lord is not going to multiply and it's not going to glorify God. Being a child of Christ, that is our our first, <coughs> sorry, it is our, our most important thing, I believe, to do is not to be of ourselves anymore, but to glorify God, to give our lives to Christ. And to let him do with us what he will. If he calls us to go wherever he wants us to go, are we going to be willing and able to go? And I want us to be prepared in that to, if we are called by Christ, to step out in faith and do something such as like a radio broadcast or if you do an outreach program or a community event to be ready because whenever you step out in faith and you do those things, those battles are going to come. And sometimes those battles are hard to see because we do have our doors in our lives that we can close. And not everybody sees the battles that you go through. And not everybody sees the attacks that you go through. You go and do a public event and your your speakers don't work or you don't have enough electricity or you run out of food and more people showed up. Or you go and no one shows up at all except for the people that are supposed to be there. Like your speakers and, you know, the people that are helping with food and you have all these things. That may be a battle to test your faith, to see if you're really going to do it. Or Those things, though, beforehand of, okay, you went and did this community thing, it may have gone well, but now your children are acting up at home or your car won't start, you end up losing your job. You know, these are battles that people face every single day, and we have to be prepared for those battles. God has so thankfully and gracefully and mercifully handed us the playbook. Get into your word. Read Matthew 4. Read 1 John 2 and 16. Read Philippians 4 and 6. Get into your word and understand your playbook that the devil has three main ways he is going to attack you. And you have ways to defend yourself, brothers and sisters. So let's, this week, start praying together and start getting into your word, getting that understanding. Right now, what I'm going to do is go ahead and take a small break before we close out. And this song that I... The Lord has led me in is by David Crowder. It's called Crushing Snakes. If you don't know it, 
please listen to the words because this is a battle cry. This song touches me so much that it is talking about crushing the enemy, crushing snakes, that we are no longer in this bondage. We may be new babes in Christ or we may be Christians that have backslidden or slipped into chains. It's little at a time that the enemy chips away at it you before you look up and realize you're already down on your knees, buckled into chains. This is a song that we are taking that back. We are being set free and we're crushing these snakes. So if you would please enjoy this song as I take a break and I will be back with you shortly.
and I'm getting overwhelmed. But what my son does every single time, he looks to his father, and his father tells him, get up. You're okay. Try it again. And you know what he does? He has that faith in me, and he looks in me in the eyes, and he gets up, and he brushes himself off, and he smiles, and he starts running again. And that's what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. That if we fall on our face, that's okay. Look to your Father, telling, Father, I fell. What's going on? Your Father is going to tell you, you are my child. Get up. Do not be afraid. Do not stay down. Do not let that be bound on you. Get back up and start again. And we may even, um, some people will come into basic training or starting something new, like me with this radio program. You're afraid. You get nervous. You're anxious. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to go. You don't know this and you don't know that. But it's not about that. I look to my father and I ask him, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, help me. And he's helped me so much. He gives me the strength and he says, you know, just go. Don't worry about it. Shut your eyes. Have faith. Move forward. Don't be scared. Or if you are scared, just start stepping forth, and I'll give you the strength to keep stepping. And I thank him so much for that. And it comes back to this. We're sitting here talking about prayer and supplications with the thanksgiving and fasting and knowing our word. I think back to the story of David and Goliath. That's one of the biggest battles that I've seen in the Bible as far as having someone small to having a great enemy. Like the devil tries to be haughty, and he builds himself up as this great thing, but he's so small compared to God. And we just have the strength of the Lord in us, and we can walk over those snakes. We can crush those snakes. And I thank him so much for that. But you look at David in the story of Goliath, and he walked down by that riverside, and he wanted to fight. He was ready to fight because he was already through his basic training. He knew God, and he knew what God can do, and he had the faith in God to overcome anything. Like he said before, he's been out in the field as a child, and he's fought off lions, and he's fought off bears. He's not scared physically because spiritually he is so strong in the Lord. He knows what's going to happen because he knows what his God can do. And how do you think David already knew that as a young boy? Because he was not a man at this age, okay? He may have been in his teens or I'm not 100% sure, but a young man, okay? He put on a full-grown man's armor. The king, Saul, came and told him, put on my armor. Be protected by man, okay? David couldn't even move it weighed him down so much. He said, this armor may be good for you. This man armor may be good for you, but it's not good for me. My armor comes from the Lord. And he was so blessed in that he had to take the human, the flesh, the human and the man armor off of his body because he couldn't even move it, weighting down so much. He walked down to a river, the living water. Amen. He walked down to this river and he picked out five stones, smooth stones. And the number of five is the number of grace. Come on now. God's given him grace. What do you think he was doing down by that river, by that water? Going to the living water. That's what he was doing. He was going down there praying. He was telling God, I know that this is not going to be of me, but I am not afraid. You can use me the way that you need to use me. 
I'm tired of this tribe. I'm tired of the Philistines. I'm tired of this country calling out your name and blasphemy and calling you all this and that and telling me that you're not good and you're not real. And that's what this world's going to do whenever you have Jesus in your heart. It's going to tell you, it's going to scream you, it's going to look like a giant. It's going to be all over social media. It's going to be on your TV. It's going to be on billboards. It's going to be everywhere telling you that God is dead, that your God has nothing compared to what they have. They are so strong and puffed up and they're so much better than what God gives you. And that's going to try to attack your faith and it's going to try to attack your your new creation, so to speak. But David had the faith inside of him. He was prayed up. He was ready. He was had his faith in God that he has overcame these things already. He's been battle tested. Okay, and that's where we're trying to get with this basic training. We want to go into into this life as being battle tested, that we are ready to face these giants, okay? And we're going to go with it, and we're going to go down. And what he did with that stone, he took a sling and a stone. He took a rock to a sword fight, to a spear fight, to men. He has fought animals. Now, I get that. You really look at this. He has fought animals, wild animals. Killed them, ran them away. He protected his sheep. But he is about to go face a giant of a man that has been bred and lived in battle, that has been killing other humans. And as you really think about that, Taking life of another person, it does something to you. It changes you. You have to, I mean, it it takes something away from you. It, it breaks you down inside. And this massive man that has became a beast in battle, he was their champion. Small boy David walked out there with nothing but his faith in God and his sternness of believing, his belief that what they were doing against God would not stand in the physical world. And we all know the story that David defeated that champion. With this. And not only did he defeat him, he took the giant's own sword and he beheaded him. Do you think I don't want to get off into thinking. Let me let me stop there because I don't want to go into speculations. I wanna I wanna keep this in fact. That is what David did. He believed in God and his faith on that battle with full-grown men that have been in battle before, shaking in their boots on his side of this monster of a man, and went with God and defeated that giant. That's where I want to get these children out on this, children of Christ on this program, to become that type of warrior, knowing that your physical battles are already won because you have fought spiritually to have that strength and to recap with what we were talking about having your playbook write it down 
come back and listen to this again and make sure that you get these notes that our playbook God has written out for us. And Jesus helped us in Matthew 4 to learn the playbook of the enemy. And if you know your enemy, you can defeat your enemy. I'm not saying sit there and live in his house. I'm not sitting there saying you should go and do what the enemy does to have a better understanding. We know what the enemy is here to do. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his main purpose. You don't need to be where he is at. What you need is just to know where he's going so that you can be ready for those battles when he comes to your doorstep. And that is he is going to tempt you. He can only tempt you. It is your choice whether or not, like in the the book of James that I read, he is here to tempt you. It is up to you whether you fall into that sin, which that sin breeds in its fullness spiritual death. Okay, you don't want to get to that point. If you have Jesus in your heart, you don't want to get to the point where God says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Do not be lukewarm because I will spew you from my mouth. Okay? We want to be on fire for God. And the only way that we can do that is to not fall into that temptation, to know the enemy's plot against us and the way that he wants to entice us with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We need to stay prayed up. We need to have them supplications and the fasting and the reading of the word. So that we can fight off the temptation so that we do not fall into sin. And don't get me wrong, even the best of the best, they're not perfect all the time. So don't overanalyze or overthink if you have a slip up or if you have a moment. Those are teachable moments. Everybody grows in the maturity different. Do not look to your left or to your right. Okay, he tells us that that narrow road we're walking, don't waver to the left or right. Don't look to the left or the right either because you're going to follow where your eyes are going. So keep your eyes focused on the Lord. So don't worry about how far if you start this, let's say some people start this journey on their own, but with someone else, you're kind of new together. You want to start a Bible study and that person just somehow exceedingly matures and just knows the word so well and they grow so fast don't be overwhelmed by that don't don't think that god isn't there with you every person grows in their own maturity every every person has their time and their season as it says in ecclesiastes everything has its time and its season everything has its purpose okay like god told us in the new testament whenever you plant seed and there's there's someone that comes and toils the soil. They break up the soil. There's someone that comes and plants the seed. There's somebody that comes and waters the seed. And the sun is what gets the seed to grow. Okay, we all have a purpose and a plan in our life, and God knows that purpose and a plan. It's our job to have this personal relationship with his son, Jesus Christ, being saved through only the cross and his blood that he shed for us. This is our purpose, is to have that relationship with him and to follow in his will. And if you follow into his will, you will fall into your purpose. Okay? Be thankful and grateful. Not everybody gets to be on top. 
It tells us in our words, study it. We're not all eyes. We're not all hands. We're not all feet. If we were, we wouldn't have a complete body. And you can only have a body of Christ if everybody plays their part. That's why I think they tell us to do this prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Okay, be grateful. Not everybody deserves or needs a million dollars in their bank. Okay, be so grateful for the blessings that you have. And and pray for me because that is something that I've really been thinking about as I've been maturing in my age and in my flesh. And I worry about being more financially sound for the future of my son. And, you know, we have another son and our daughter and our grandchildren. And and my flesh is pulling on me constantly. You got to do better. You got to have this and you got to have that. And you need to leave something for them as far as, you know, they should be better off than what you were. And I think that's something that's natural. But in James it said, don't be the natural man that looks in a mirror and forgets his own face. We need to be that spiritual man. Even though I want those things and I feel like I need to work so hard and and take care of my family in that way, God takes care of my family. I am where I am, and I need to be grateful, and I am so much for the blessings in our life and the blessings of having my wife that has stood by me through these 17 years of our marriage. And it hasn't been easy for her, but she's constantly been tugging and pulling on me and pulling me up and helping me get through the struggles that I've had. And I need to realize and and be in part and, and really sit in that thanksgiving of everything that God has blessed me with and the, the gifts that I have. And I may see other people and I may say, man, I wish I could do this and I wish I, I could do that. I have a really good friend. Shout out to you, Justin Church. He's he's one of our minister friends, and he can play the guitar, and he can sing, and he's done CDs. and And I've always wanted to be musical. I love music, and I love I love listening to music. I can sing a song without even knowing the words. I love music so much, and I'm so glad my wife's a singer, and she's so she's talented in music. It blesses me, but. I can't play an instrument to save my life and I could work at it and I could focus on it and I could probably teach myself too, but I accept that I can't play it right now. That's not something I can do. So instead of wallowing on that, I thank God for all the other things that he lets me do. So be grateful what, where you're at and what you have. And remember with this basic training, to realize you're not going to be where someone else is at. You're going to be where you're at, and you're going to move forward on your pace, the work that you put in. And it's not about works. Don't get it wrong. But you have to do and not just be hearers of the word. Really get into your Bible. Study these words. James chapter 1 really good I hope that you join us next week Um, 
I do believe this is going to be a part two. Um, sorry, next week, my wife's host, Brian, is going to be on here. I'm going to only be on three Thursdays of the month, and Brian will be on the fourth Thursday of the month. So next week, Brian will be here, but I I will be here the following Thursday for part two of this. I want to thank you guys again. I want to encourage people, if you missed it, to go online, listen on demand. It is on Blog Talk. My wife has it on her Facebook and here on Blog Talk, how to get to the programs and everything that you need. Again, like I said, I'm new to this, so the intros and outros are going to be rough until my wife uh, gets me down on this to uh, knowing that this is Reaching Out Radio Internationals, and I am Evangelist Dustin Fields doing Warrior as a Child, Warriors of Christ's Basic Training. Remember your basics, becoming a soldier in Christ. We thank you for listening tonight. God bless. And don't forget, don't back down when God is backing you up.